So, um, you should have a handout. That's uh, the notes that Jim has produced for the session. I've also got another set of notes that I'll pass you at the end as well. But um, we're talking about uh, risk and safety in delivering and weighing uh, prophetic words and in being prophetic. Uh, before I go into that, though, I just wanted to kind of recap a bit uh, on uh, last week, perhaps go into a little more detail. Um, did, did you get a chance to read the notes that I gave out last week? Mm-hmm. If you did, uh, you, that was all about hearing God. But one thing I wanted to add to that is this, that um, uh, we hear from God not as slaves that need constant instruction, go do this, go do that, go do the other, but no, we are sons of the Father and we share the Father's heart. So when it comes to being led by the Holy Spirit, oftentimes the innermost desire of our heart is aligned to what the Holy Spirit actually wants you to do, yeah? And that's a really important uh, principle because a father trusts his sons. And you know when we read in scripture about Jesus only uh, saying what he heard the father saying and doing what he saw the father doing, that's not talking about Jesus being in 24-hour day dialogue with the father. It's talking about his heart being um, constantly aligned and his ear constantly inclined. Okay, you know, Jesus slept. I'm sure that while he was sleeping, he wasn't in 24-hour dialogue with the Father. Uh, Otherwise, again, his humanity would be different to our own. And I want to affirm here today that Jesus was fully human. He was the true human, uh, after which we model ourselves as we become more Christ-like. So he um, <clears throat> constantly inclined his ear and eye as he went about his father, father's business. The other thing I wanted to say about the prophetic is this. In fact, it's, it's um, true of all the gifts, that when we're gifted by God in a particular area, we have been already given a mandate to use that gift by virtue of its dispensation to us by the Holy Spirit. So... You don't need permission to be prophetic if you've got a prophetic gift. It's in there and it's meant to be used. Likewise, if you're a teacher, uh, you know, whatever fivefold ministry gifting or other giftings that you see within scripture, you do not need permission to use them from God, but you may need permission to use them in an orderly fashion within the body. Okay? (laughs) because we know that scripture talks about doing things decently and in order okay imagine if in a sunday service for example 250 people got up all prophesying it would be pandemonium uh, a little scary Um, and i don't think it would make much sense of what it was that god would be saying so uh, we may need permission to use that gift uh, but he expects us to steward that gift to use it, to hone it, to train it, to develop it, as we would practising any other skill. This is a spiritual skill, a gift that's been given to you. You know, doctors practise medicine. Yeah? We practise whatever it is that God has endowed upon us. By reason of use, we have our senses exercised to discern. Yes? So um, that's just that's what I want to say, just as a, a little a, a appendix, if you like, to last week. So here we are, safety in delivering prophetic utterances. So I'm going to give you now some guidelines for using the prophetic gift that I've picked up over the years. These are not exhaustive guidelines, okay? They're just things that I've picked up in 28 years or whatever of 
being a Christian and, uh, and many years doing ministry. Um, but I think that we need to be asking ourselves discerning questions when we're ready to use any gift from God. But in the prophetic, uh, the first question, uh, or the first thing that I want us to uh, bear in mind is this, that, um, so if you like, point number one is this, deal with your ego, the flesh or pride, as you may call it, okay? The greatest hindrance that I see for the, the safe use of the prophetic gift is the ego. In other words, if you are still in a place of insecurity, of needing validation, of needing affirmation, uh, of needing to be seen on a platform, um, then deal with that first by having your identity in God secured. You know, your identity, your worth before God is not dependent upon the use of your gift. That is really important, okay? You are not defined by your gift. You are a son or a daughter of the living God. And as a child of God, you are accepted in the beloved. You are saved. You have an inheritance with the saints. You are forgiven. You are secure. You are safe. And if we can understand that as a basis for who we are, then it makes the use of the gifts that God gives us so much more safe. Because we won't then be uh, prompted by the ego. I need to be seen. I need my platform. I need to... People, look at me. Look at me. Instead, it will be, Lord, are you wanting to use me today? Are you wanting to speak through me today? And you can take a no. An ego cannot take a no. An ego will just get up and say, because it likes the sound of its own voice. And it likes other people hearing the sound of its voice. And coming along and saying, well done, Jim. That was ace. And it's very dangerous because we are to point to Jesus in everything, right? If the gift that we use is pointing to ourselves and not to Jesus, then this is a matter of ego and not, and not the Spirit of God. Don't what? we deal, though, I think a lot of the time, with um, our emotions? Do you know what I mean? You know when you become a Christian? Yeah, yeah. And it's... Um, it's not that you want validating, but you're stepping out on choppy water. Yeah. And you need to know that what you're doing, speaking or whatever, is from the Holy Spirit. So if nobody says anything... Or... Yeah, I'm, I'm not talking about that. That's, that's feedback and reflection and um, witnessing too, which I'll come on to in a minute. Okay. But this is, this is before we actually give a word. Okay. Okay, before we give a word, um, we need to safeguard against it being something of the flesh, of the ego, okay. that's being prompted to bring that. Okay? And, and that's why uh, you know, I, I would you know, say to you and encourage you um, to, to get your identity in Christ secure. I do apologise, let me put this on silent. So, 
you know, once again, I'll just finish that, that first point. Deal with your ego by saying this. Your worth is not determined by the competency of your gift or any aspect of your performance. It's not. You are worth so much to God because you are a son or a daughter of the king. End of. Full stop. The end. And if you can accept that in your heart, I am a son or a daughter of the king. You know what? It begins to settle so much. No longer is it a striving like an orphan to belong. It's an acceptance that I actually am where I'm supposed to be. In the family. With the father's heart. Trusted of my father. And trusting in my father. Amen? Okay, so that's the first thing. Number two, check your motives. God speaks because he loves his creation and wants to draw us deeper into relationship with him. If we're not motivated by that same love, then we aren't motivated by God. 1 Corinthians 13. Though I speak with the what is it? Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, and though I prophesy whatever, I am what? Clanging symbol. Yeah. If we're not motivated by the very thing that God is motivated by, then we're not motivated by God's spirit. End of. It's a really easy one to, to kind of have a little self-check. You know, why do I want to bring this world? Is it because I feel compelled to, that if I don't somehow, you know, I'm going to burst? Or is it because that actually I want, to, I want to do this in the spirit of love, spirit of God? And in so doing, you know... Um, is it going to bring edification, exhortation and, and comfort? 1 Corinthians 14 verse, verse 3. Is this word also going to uh, point towards Jesus or reveal Jesus? You know, that's what I believe that the rightly divided word of Scripture does. When we understand Scripture properly, it all points to Jesus. So our prophetic word should do likewise. It should in some way reveal or point us to Christ. And also, you know, when it comes to your motives, never, ever, ever be tempted to give an utterance by the desire to control or manipulate. Ever. Okay? It would be like me saying, you know, thus saith the Lord, Dawn, empty your wallet because uh, you've got to give it to the man of God. <laughs> you know? It's, it, it's demonic at its core control. God doesn't do stuff like that. God invites, exhorts, edifies, builds up, leads us into. He does not drive us, nor does he grab hold of us and control us. That's not the spirit of God. And it's certainly not the spirit that we want to be operating in. Number three, learn patience. This is really important as well. Not everything that you receive as an utterance from God is necessarily for right now. If you imagine an iceberg, okay, you may get the top of it. And there may be a massive amount underneath that water surface that God is yet still to reveal and may want to do through you or through others. So be patient. Sometimes God will give you something over the course of time. And I said this before, I think in another session, that if it's a prophetic utterance from God, it's eternal. Okay, Unlike the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge, which are time-bound, 
sensitive. And I tell you, we, we need to grow in these things through experience most of the time. If it's, an, if it's a prophetic utterance, it is eternal. It will be the same, it'll have the same validity and weight next week as it will right now. If it's from the Holy Spirit. And, you know, I've, certainly my experience has been in the prophetic that I'll have a picture or something like that. And I'll share it with, you know, Rob or uh, some of the other elders. And they'll say, you know what, I was praying about something similar. And this is what I see when you talk about that picture. And all of a sudden, it's like that picture's grown a little. And it's, it's gone from being something that's perhaps on a piece of paper to 3D. And then somebody else will add something. And then there's your colour splash that comes in. And bit by bit, the Lord adds to these things. And a picture of what God is saying and communicating is established. In the multitude of counsellors, there is safety. So learn patience. <clears throat> and one way that you can check whether you're receiving something from God in that is to share it with a trusted friend or a mature believer. You know, never be afraid to share something that you feel God is revealing to you with somebody else whom you trust and know hears from God. Because they will often be the person that validates it and says, you know what, yeah, I think that's from God. Go, go share it or, you know, let, let's pray about this some more before we, we deliver it. But, um, you know, it, it's important that we have that kind of openness with one another and understand that, that you know, in, in Jimmy's scriptures here, 2 Peter 1, 18 to 21, it says, no prophecy of scripture is of any private interpretation. In other words, the body is meant to discern this with you. Okay, that's, that's how we're gifted to work to work in connectedness, spirit to spirit. That in the safety of the body, God's counsel is revealed. Particularly when it comes to words for the church. Okay, really important. You'll have all of this on my notes, by the way, so... So number four, practice humility and be teachable and correctable. So when giving a prophetic utterance, leave space for it to be weighed, challenged, discerned and witnessed to. Use open language. Um, I, I find this is really helpful. I believe the Lord is saying. Or I believe God is showing me. Instead of thus saith the Lord. Thus saith the Lord is one of the, it's just a, a massive conversation stopper, right there and then. Because what you're actually saying when you think about it logically is you are saying that every one of the words that I'm about to utter is 100% correct or I'm a liar. They are waiting, you know, I would never do that because I recognise that within me there are worldviews, belief systems, uh, prejudices even. You know, the emotional responses that perhaps would, in some small way maybe, even just shape that word. And then it becomes less of a thus saith the Lord and more of a the Lord has said with Tino adding little bits here and there. Okay? And that's that because we're all human. We're all broken vessels through which the glory shines. And, and this is a good thing. You know, this is not a bad thing. This keeps us humble. It stops us from becoming the main man or the main woman. So use open language. Because um, part of growing in the 
um, the, the prophetic gift and part of spiritual maturity is that we allow these words to be weighed, to be corrected, to be um, discerned. And you know what? I think that sometimes we can be just a little bit too fragile. You know, don't be a fragile Christian that takes offence if somebody says, you know what, you didn't quite get that right. You know, if they're doing it with an attitude of love, in love, trying to support you and encourage you, but at the same time bring a word of correction, don't fall to pieces over it. You know, don't, don't be super fragile because when it's done in love, faithful are the wounds of a friend. The greatest lessons that I've learned have not been when somebody had been patting me on the back saying, yeah, man, you did really great. But it's when somebody has cared enough for me to pull me to one side and say, you know, great what you did, but do you realise that this is how it could have been interpreted or this is how it came across? Or, and you get, the, you get the opportunity for the mirror and you get an opportunity to change, to grow, to reflect, to become a little more Christ-like. So faithful are the wounds of a friend. We need to develop thicker skin. Amen. Matt? So can I ask, um, not that I'm planning this, but is there ever a place for, thus saith the Lord, and God is saying, quite direct, maybe more from the eldership or the leaders or world in Ireland leaders, you know, is is there a place there or is this a is this a guideline that's good for everyone? Well I, I would say I, well I would never use it. And you know, I I would consider myself uh, reasonably competent with the prophetic and but I would never say it. Because I, 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 I'm just, I'm not prepared to say that every one of my words that comes out of my mouth now are directly God and God only, even if they might be. Because <laughs> if you speak scripture, you know, that's not yours, it's the Holy Spirit, isn't it? Yes. That, that would be the only time you think, yeah, that bit's right. Yeah. <laughs> so you but say, share, saying, yes. I think the Lord's telling me yeah. this. And, and we'll come on to scripture in the next point. Oh. But um, so yes, using scripture is important. But again, when we look at scripture... We have to recognise that there's always an act of interpretation with scripture as well. And um, I think one thing that we're all guilty of at times is uh, here a a verse, there a verse, everywhere a verse, verse sort of old MacDonald theology where we we take a text almost to back up that which we're feeling. (laughs) And and that can be a very, very dangerous thing. And we'll we'll come on to an example of that later on. It's a similar thing Yeah. And Jesus said, let your yes be yes and your no be no. Anything else is of the evil one. You know, but, um, but I, I just think that, no, I mean, just to come back to your question, no, I, I think that humility for me dictates that we need to be very sober. And I, I certainly would not use those words. I know that it can be almost um, uh, just the norm in, you know, but if we really think about what we're saying, you know, I would stay away from it as a, you know, a general guide. 
I think um, like in my journey and being here for most of it, um, there, there was a time when people did freely say, thus says the Lord, you know, and wholeheartedly believed it and were in tune with the Holy Spirit, but um, it left openings for others who weren't to just adopt the same language. Yeah, the same vernacular, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, and, and I, I know certainly that Dave Elms has changed how he delivers a word, you know, and he doesn't, he chooses to not say that now. Whereas he would have done in the past. Yeah. Um, but he doesn't now because, and, and I've experienced, you know, that, that conversation stopper as well when somebody says, but God told me. Yeah. You know, and that's yeah. like, okay, God told me to give all my money away or God told me to never talk to that person again. <laughs> you know, and, you, and alarm bells go off, don't they? Yeah. You know, and that's when you know, actually... God didn't tell you that, but now I can't say anything because now I'm going to call you a liar if I do. It's that consideration of words, isn't it? Yeah, I just think open language invites a degree of humility. Um, and I just interject as well. When, when I uh, first came to fellowship and started getting off at the mic and stuff, I used to uh, be a bit Uriah Heap. Uh, I, think, I think maybe ifs and buts, and, and I was all wishy-washy. And I think there's a difference. And, and Gordon Nelson, I sat down and he came over to me and said, don't you ever do that again. Like Gordon can, you know, he, when he's got a sword out, he can protect it to the hilt or just drive it right through. Hope <laughs> 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 you, Gordon. But he said, don't ever do that again because he who speaks, it says, I can't remember where, speaks as the oracles of God. And that's an adventure that I, I can't give people wisdom on, but there's a boldness in love, that if we if we go with the other extreme of it's not going to really cut the mustard. So I don't know how to explain that having confidence and boldness without saying arrogantly, you know, thus says the Lord. But there's something on the inside of me. I, I get as bold as brass, and uh, I can't help myself. I'm just if you're gonna because because Gordon shocked me basically, and I never have done. Well, sometimes I do apologise. But that makes sense sometimes. I don't want us to get wishy-washy on this. If we feel God's doing or saying something, yeah. speak as the oracles of God. Well, that's yeah. it, isn't it? As I believe that. Yeah, yeah. Right. That's, that's right. Yeah. 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 I mean, the theory is the other side of it, because it's really all about discerning and hearing from God and being and actually knowing that it really is God. And yeah. we can't always do that very well on our own, which is why we do have a body. But, you know, there have been testimonies where God has, you know, told, you know, a, a couple that they should give away, you know, a, quite a sizable amount of money, right? Well, if God really does tell that to you, then you should do it. Now, it turned out in that testimony that they got, like, way more than twice back or whatever. So, but, you know, if you're not hearing from God and you give away a whole bunch of stuff, then, well, you didn't hear from God and you gave away a whole bunch of stuff away, you know? So when Liz, you know, gave a testimony of, of you know, saving up for the car or getting this car and then feeling that God's telling you to give it to somebody you really needed. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like you can't have give God. I'm sure you've got blessed. You know, you've got a nice car now. You know, it's like <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, but he, he is Lord of the harvest, right. and how he wanted to Everything to, to bless us, it's up to him, really. Um, so, um, so yeah, know the scriptures is the next point. Okay, so important for us to be reading and understanding the scriptures. God will often drop a verse, a passage into your spirit for, you, for others or for the church. This has happened lots and lots of times. 
But sometimes it just forms the basis for that which God wants to elaborate on through other prophetic words. And, uh, and that's great. However, be careful, okay? Um, because it's easy to find a verse to justify your current views or beliefs or prejudices or whatever else and be totally of the wrong spirit. So as an example, Jesus and the disciples went through the Samaritan village and they were rejected. And um, they were rejected because Jesus had already set his face to go to Jerusalem. It wasn't even their fault. You know, if you read it, it kind of gives you that impression. And then up piped the disciples, shall we call down fire from on heaven, just like Elijah did? So they're drawing upon their written and oral tradition, Elijah and the story of calling down the fire from heaven upon the, um, uh, the unbelievers, as it were, then uh, the judgment of God. And Jesus turned around and rebuked them and said, you know not what manner of spirit you are of. So technically... They, were, they had the word, they had their verse, Elijah did it, so can we. But they were of the wrong spirit and that's really, really important because if you look uh, later on when I give you my notes in Appendix 1, there is an example, uh, maybe I'll read it out a little later, of where uh, in American history the English colonialists uh, ended up massacring the Pequot tribe. And their basis for doing it was the, the Canaanite massacre. Um, and they, had, they said they had sufficient light from the word of God to continue with their proceedings. So when, every time you're tempted to weaponize the Bible against people, stop. For heaven's sake, stop. The Bible is never meant to be used as a weapon with which to hurt people. Our fight is against principalities and powers not against flesh and blood so uh, yeah that, uh, that passage of you know not what manner of spirit you are that's Luke chapter 9 verses 51 to 56 if you wanted to turn there anytime and have a look but, um, point number 6 stay close to God it is easy to hear someone's voice tone heart when you're close to them it's more difficult in your, if you're in a different room. It's nigh on impossible if you're on a different planet. <laughs> you know, our, our proximity to God affects the degree to which we're able to hear clearly. End of. You know, and you know, the, the, the prophetic gift still functions regardless, but the, you're just more accurate, more in tune with... When you're, when you're so close to the Lord that you can hear his heartbeat. When you can sense the tone of his voice speaking to you. Because then you know that when the word is given, the right heart is there imparting it. Yeah? That's really important too. I often think sometimes we can be accurate with the words and wrong with the heart. And remember what I said last week, you know, if you're chewing the grass around the stump, eat the grass and leave the stump. We can always receive the love even if the word is inaccurate, if it's done with the right, right spirit. So safety in weighing prophetic utterances. So that was in delivering it, now weighing it. 
Here are some questions that we can ask to discern whether a word is from God or not. Again, it's a non-exhaustive list. This is born out of my experiences, uh, and I, you know, uh, more than anything else, but I think that they stand as well scripturally. But the first one is this. Does it witness with scripture? Does it witness with your spirit? And does it witness with other mature believers? So when we're weighing a word of prophecy... Um, you know, when God speaks, it should make sense to us, okay? If it sounds like it's Japanese and you've got no idea what on earth it's talking, it's about, then chances are it's not accurate. It has to witness with scripture. In other words, we have to find a scriptural precedent for that. And uh, more than that, I think it has to witness with what we know of the risen Christ in scripture as well. You know, again, coming back to examples where the Bible has been weaponized and used inappropriately, okay, that, that is not a good way to go about justifying words of prophecy. It has to be um, something that, that has the Spirit of Christ imbued within it. You know, God's not super cryptic, He's a master communicator. Even though we know and prophesy in part, I think that. He is able to get his message across in the council of the body. You know, I, I, some of the most deeply impactful words that I've received have been words that I've checked out with other people and they've, they've added something to it or given me another angle on it, another, another uh, a bit of light on it. And it's, it's become then more evident to me what God is actually saying through that picture or whatever it was that's been delivered. So does it witness with scripture, with your spirit, and with other mature believers? Um, when God speaks to the church, the body should witness to it. It shouldn't be just one person in the body that, that says, yes, amen. It should resonate with the body. It should be in keeping with what God is already saying to the church. You know, if God's been talking about us being, you know, uh, to use uh, Rob's uh, terms, a uh, a family of God on mission, then it would make little sense if a word came out of left field that says, actually, we want you to be a missionary church out to the nations. It would just be like, you know, almost like cutting across what God has already been establishing in his word within the church, yeah? Does that word seek to edify, exhort, or comfort? Does it seek to manipulate, control, coerce, is the word emotionally charged? Just because I shout does not mean it's the Lord. <laughs> you know, we can, we can get like this. You know, that just because somebody's at the front and they're waving and they're gesticulating and whatever else, we think that somehow it carries a greater significance. No, still needs to be weighed by the body. Still needs to be discerned by the body. Still needs to be looked at in light of scripture and what God has been saying to the body. Um, even though they're emotionally charged. And does the word encourage us to greater intimacy with God? You know, I, I, I think that when God speaks, part of its purpose is to draw us into deeper relationships. Mm -hmm. Always. The second one, do you have supernatural peace? So when you're given a word, one of the best barometers is peace. 
the barometer of peace. Now, you know, sometimes when you're given a word of challenge, you can feel uncomfortable, but that's not the same as having peace. You know, there's like, we all have an inner knower, not N-O-A-H, K-N-O-W-E-R, okay? Um, You know what I'm talking about, that know that you know instinct that lives on the inside of us, uh, godly intuition, if you like. When that's rattled, we just get out of peace. It's almost like you've just, inside you, something's not right, something's not quite right here. Okay, that's a good sign that that wasn't from God or was inaccurate in some way. And again, this is not to go around, therefore, you know, slapping on the face the person that gave it to you. No, it's, it's that inner check, that inner witness of the Holy Spirit on the inside. If you have the peace of God that resides with that word, that's a great barometer. Okay. Um, does the word make you feel afraid, as in terrified? Remember, there's no fear in love. God is love, and perfect love casts out fear. And again, this is different from a challenge from God. That one way you kind of wince because you know that it's right. (laughs) You kind of go, but inside you're not terrified. You kind of know that this is truth that's being presented to you. And somehow the mirror's being held up and you think, this is an invite now from God to come and address these things. You witness with this? <laughs> Hope so. So where God is, fear is not. I'll leave you with that thought on that. And then the final one on this is, is it in line with the gift and call of God on your life? The gifts and call of God are without repentance. They're irrevocable. They are deposited by the Holy Spirit, well, by the Godhead, the entire Godhead, inside of you. They are predetermined. And God isn't going to change his mind about how he's gifted and called you. I've tried arguing with God over this. It doesn't work. Um, still arguing with him over some bits. <laughs> but I'm not going to win that one because he has determined it and that's that. So when you receive a word from God, somehow it will lead you closer to the fullness of using that gift and in that call. It won't lead you away from it. So there's been times, so for example, in my in various aspects of ministry, I've been involved in lots of different things. Kids work, you know, the, obviously the worship team, uh, preaching, teaching, mission, evangelism. But they've all been leading me into the gift and call that God has got for me. And the words that I've had along the way in my history, have all been building towards this. You know, when I've received a word back here that kind of wants to divert me over there, again, you know, peace isn't there. Something not quite right about that. The witness isn't there. And it just ends up falling by the wayside. The ones that have endured have been the ones that have supported and, and, and almost like funneled me into that which God has got for me. Would so, you tell somebody if you thought, no, lovingly, no, if after a few weeks you thought, I'll have to tell that person, that wasn't me, that wasn't for me, or it wasn't right, would you do that? Um, or would you just let it go? 
Uh, that's a difficult one. <laughs> um, I, 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 I don't know how to answer that because, again, if we, I will say this. If we as a body can learn not to be so fragile and offended when people correct us, then I think that we would give each other more permission to be able to speak in love. At the minute, I, I would do that with some people that I know would receive the love that I have for them. But with others that, that I don't have that relationship with, I probably wouldn't because I know that they would end up taking it as rejection yeah. instead of as correction. I mean, I never had it, and, so don't um, worry. <laughs> but, but I, I um, wondered what you would do if somebody gave you something you thought I, it was really wrong. Yeah, well, I think if it was very wrong, I would say, I would say something. Yeah. But again, I would, I would, if they wanted to come and minister to me... <laughs> you know, you receive the love even though... The de- if the detail is wrong, you can still yeah. receive the blessing of the love that's associated with okay. that. But um, but I, I, I don't know. It's a, that's a difficult question. That part. I think I would I would you know perhaps with some, perhaps not with others. Okay. But um, I would I would hope that I could do that with everybody, and more importantly, that they could do that with me. You know, I I am not so fragile. I can you know if I'm out of, if I'm not accurate, then please do say you know thank you for sharing that. I appreciate that you love me enough to want to share that, but I don't think it was accurate. Okay, amen. That's good. Praise God. I think, you know. I, think, I think we should always weigh, shouldn't we, what what people say to us, what people, what words people give us. So I think within that and in the light of what we're sort of learning and, and opening up, I think um, you're within your rights, if you like, to say, I don't... I don't feel like that's for me, but I'll take that to the Lord and it appears I'm open to him. Yeah, yeah. Move me, you know, I yeah. think that's not a hurtful answer. Is yeah. that, you know, the person but, might go, oh, okay, yeah. But they, they'll say, yeah, that's right. You know, if yeah. they're open yeah. to the Lord, they'll say, yeah, you know, I, yeah. I will too. You know, or let's pray about that together. I, I've had one, one lady in the church come to me and give me several different words. The first word that she ever gave me has been monumentally impactful upon my life. A real, it's one of those words that's formed like the bedrock for how I minister now. It was really that good. But then the same lady has come and given me some really strange stuff that witnessed, didn't witness at all. Stuff about my family and what I should do with my family. I'm like, <laughs> you know, and so I've, I've gently said to her, you know, well, well thank you for that. Um, you know, I will. I will consider that and pray that. I, I, but I must say that I don't actually witness with that at all at the moment. And they've graciously taken that. That's been great. And they still continue to pray for me and, and bring words when they feel it's appropriate. And I think that that's healthy. That's good. Mm-hmm. That's brilliant. That's what I'd like to see more of. That we're not so afraid of getting it wrong that we never deliver that what God is actually saying for one another. Okay. Uh, but at the same time, you know, we do need to develop a little bit of thicker skin so that if we're the ones that are told, actually, you didn't witness, we don't fall to pieces, throw out the entirety of the gift <laughs> and its use, and then and then wonder why we're not getting the blessing of actually using that which God's invested in us. So this is why it's risk and safety. There's always a risk when you open your mouth, isn't there? But I think that the the main thing is if we do it in love then that, they can always receive the love, even if the word's inaccurate. Okay. So finally, just coming on to some of these scriptures, uh, other hindrances, um, pride, uh, you've got Proverbs 16 verse 18, pride comes before destruction, um, 
and also I just want uh, some of the aids as well we've talked a little bit about correction but there's a uh, there's a passage of scripture that I wanted us to read together in 1 Corinthians 14 uh, verses 26 to 33 1 Corinthians 14 26 to 33 so this is talking about ordering church meetings uh, it's Paul's teaching to the Corinthian church he says, how is it then, brethren, whenever you come together, each of you as a psalm, has a teaching, has a tongue, has a revelation, has an interpretation, that all things be done for edification. Let me just pause there. Uh, I would like a church where we see this in operation. And we are that connected to one another that we can trust each other to do this safely, well. You know, I think sometimes... I, I hear stories of the early days of the fellowship where it was like this, where there was such freedom that the body, they call it body ministry uh, for want of a different phrase, but that sense of you come together and it's not one person talking, it's the body ministering to each other in love. And um, the problem is that when you get over a certain size, it becomes more and more difficult to to see that as a, uh, something evidential within the church. And so structure is put in place and stuff like that to kind of manage those public meetings. Um, I would like us to get back to this. I really would. Uh, but I think that that's going to require us all to take a few steps forward in maturity to learn how to take correction and how to do this in a scripturally or orderly manner. <laughs> uh, so let's read on. Uh, if anyone speaks in a tongue, let there be two or at the most three, each in turn, and let one interpret. If there is no interpreter, let him keep silent in church and let him speak to himself and to God. Let two or three prophets speak and let the others judge. But if anything is revealed to another who sits by, let the first keep silent. For you can all prophesy one by one that all may learn and be encouraged. And the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all the churches of the saints. So there, again, look, looking at prophecy in particular, it says, let two or three prophets speak and let the others judge. Okay? There is a, a weighing that needs to happen when we're uh, claiming to be speaking the words of the Holy Spirit. And, and that's a good thing. And again, you know, recognising that we are human and that, uh, you know, we are filled with the Holy Spirit, but there's still a good chunk of humanness in there. Broken vessels through which the glory shines through. Uh, we need to be, um, you know, mature in how we handle people weighing the things that we bring. Okay, you know, I, I recognise that for me, you know, I don't get it right all the time. Um, and neither do you. And that's okay. Okay. 